there and welcome to Jesus and Juliet. We are here with Kiara. She is a friend of mine that I met. Um, when was the when was the lunch we went to? Um, it was maybe like a month ago. Was it more than that? I, I think like about a month ago. I do not remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, something like that. So so we went to a lunch that was put together by Elizabeth, who actually was on my podcast, like the very first episode. And it was for Christian artists, like people, basically people that she knew. She kind of sent out um, a text and said, hey, let's get together. Let's tell our stories and talk. And, um, and so we did that. And it was super awesome to hear so many different stories. Um, and Kiara was one of the um, ladies there, and so I got to hear her story, and I really think that one of the things that I'm wanting to do on here is to do more storytelling. So um, as I do like talking about the nuts and bolts of theater and competition and um, choosing shows and content and all of that, but I also like to hear people's stories, and so I'm just going to assume <laughs> that everyone else does too. So, um, so I'm probably going to have more people on here just talking about their experience, and um, you know, I really just want people to know that they're not alone if you choose to pursue a career in theater. Um, you're by no means alone. There's a million people who are you know, actors and actresses um, or work in tech or work in whatever field within theater and who are also Christian. And so we just want to share that. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask her some questions and she, we're going to hear from her. Let's get to know you a little bit. What are you doing right now? Um, you know, married, kids, like, do you have any of that going on? <laughs> um, what is What is happening in your life right now? So I am married. Um, my husband is also an artist. He's a metal artist. So yeah, he does a lot of like metal sculptures right now. He's in school. Um, he went back to school. He's going to ACC. They have a welding program that focuses in metal arts. So he's going through that because yeah, he was um, a mechanic for a really long time and he just was really unhappy doing that. Um, and He's always wanted to actually make knives, and so he's kind of transitioning through that. He's transitioning careers. Um, so yes, I am married. My husband's doing that. I am trying to work full-time as an actress in Austin. I also have a part-time job. I work as a... Um, email marketing director and a social media director for an organization that actually my acting coach in Los Angeles um, started up. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess like my day-to-day kind of looks like uh, I, I work, I can set my own schedule. So whatever email marketing things I have to send out or just um, social media things I have to work on. I can do my own schedule with that, which is really nice. And then I spend a lot of time looking for auditions. <laughs> um, I use Backstage and Actors Access. And I actually have found that here in Austin, there's a lot of Facebook groups that 
are actually legit Facebook groups that put casting notices out for oh, wow. independent films. Yeah. Austin is a huge independent film market. So it's it's easier to find projects. A lot of them aren't paid. A lot of them are low budget. And this year I decided to focus more on just paid projects. And so I have not been submitting to unpaid work unless a friend contacts me and is like, hey, I've got this short or I've got this feature or this project, whatever it is, I would love for you to be in it. I can't pay you, but if you want to, please let me know. And if I really like the project, then I'll go ahead and do it. But I'm trying to just focus more on paid work because like, I have to make money. Right, yeah. And also I feel that if I want to move my career forward and actually make a living at this, I have to start pursuing paid work. So. Okay. So the um, so film is getting really big here in Austin because when I graduated in two thousand five, right? Was it right after that? Man, I don't remember. Um, no, yeah, it was like two thousand. Yeah, okay. I graduated, and then I feel like shortly after that I did a little bit of film like the tiniest amount of film work and I remember then they were like oh film is gonna be huge in Austin <laughs> so I'm like is it still going like is yeah. it still a thing yeah so I just moved to Austin about a year and a half ago now I my family moved around a lot mm-hmm. and Straight out of high school, I moved to Los Angeles for films, for theater school. And then, so I did theater school. Then I went back to school and got my bachelor's in comparative literature. Um, And then I was in LA for 15 years pursuing acting, studying acting, um, living life, figuring out who I was and all that stuff. Um, And then... My husband and I were just not in a very healthy place emotionally and spiritually. L.A. is kind of a hard place to live in. Mm -hmm. And my parents have lived in Austin for 15 years. And we thought, why don't we move to Austin? We have family there. It's an artistic city. Let's check it out. Like, worst thing that happens is we move somewhere else where we move back to L.A., whatever. But let's just try it out. And so we moved here, and it's been really good. But I had no idea what the scene was like here. I And it's funny because I actually thought I was going to be doing a lot of theater. And there is a lot of theater in Austin. Um, and when I first moved, I was auditioning for a lot of theater and was not getting cast in anything, which was really hard. I was like, oh, no, maybe I just suck at theater. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's what we all think. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was so sad. And then finally, someone I was in a film with was putting on a production of Doubt uh, by John Patrick Shanley, and I auditioned for it and got cast in it. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. This is so cool. It's so exciting. And it's awesome because that play is, I wouldn't say it's a Christian play, but it definitely... focuses on God in a certain way and like how people who are in the faith react in life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was really cool. But 
all that to say is that I had no idea what the scene was going to be like here. And then it turns out it's a huge independent film scene. Like everyone does independent film work. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I I uh, was trying to think of who, didn't like Quentin Tarantino just do a film here? Or did I just did make he? that up in my head? Robert, no. <laughs> no, it was Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez just did, yeah. And I I'm think like, he's doing another one. I cannot, I don't watch a lot of movies, to be honest. So I don't know a lot about, I don't watch a lot of anything. But anyway, um, what started your love of theater? Like, how old were you? And, you know, were you in high school? Were you in college? Or, like, how did that come about? So... I really didn't get into theater until high school. I was always kind of a quiet, shy girl. I think I still am in some ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of artists are. It's so weird. Um, But, and I was an athlete in school. I never, like, really had time to do anything else. I was a gymnast and I competed like outside of school and stuff. So it took up a lot of my time. But then in high school, one of my electives ended up being a drama class. And I was like, oh, wow, this is fun. Like we didn't really do anything crazy. Like we did a bunch of games, you know, like the warm-up games where you stand in the circles and you like zip zap zoom or whatever it is yeah exactly that (laughs) we did those and like that was fun and a lot of monologues and um so that kind of sparked an interest and then another and something else sparked my interest as well which was more of a selfish reason I was watching the Oscars and I don't remember like what year it was or who was winning what but I remember like listening to one of the speeches and like watching someone up on stage thanking everyone and I was like wow that would be so cool to do that and so I kind of selfishly got interested in it um but so my my elective I took in must have been my junior year and then I think my senior year I maybe took another theater class And then I decided to, when I was applying to colleges, I was looking up theater schools and I found this theater school that has a campus in New York and Hollywood. It's called the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And I decided to apply. I was just like, okay, whatever. I, I, at the time we lived in Washington state, we lived in Seattle. So I applied to UW and I was like, okay, at least that'll be like, I was going to get into UW, so I was like, I'll have a backup, if anything. For theater? I actually wasn't going to – I don't think I was going to study theater at UW. I think I was just going to go – because I, I, I didn't know, like, anything about the theater world. I was just like, whatever, this is a theater school. Like, do you actually study theater in, at real universities? I don't know. <laughs> Um, How do you get grades? Right. <laughs> what do you do? Like, I was also, yeah, like, such a scholastic mm-hmm. student, like, had straight A's. So it was kind of like, what do you do as a theater student? I don't know. So I applied to this theater school, and I remember I had to do a monologue. And my um, drama teacher in high school helped me do that. And I didn't think I was going to get in. I was just like, whatever. 
it'll just be a fun experience. And then I ended up getting in and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to the school. Like, why would I not? And so my dad and I went to Los Angeles to like the, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts had an open house kind of thing um, where they like showed the students around and my dad and I went and the school, it looks much better now. Like they've remodeled and everything, but at the time it was not great looking and it's in the middle of Hollywood, like on Sunset and La Brea, which is not the greatest area in Hollywood. And I remember my dad like looking around and being like, oh my gosh, am I going to let my daughter come to school here? Like this is awful. But anyway, I loved it. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to the theater school in Hollywood. This is so cool. And so I did. And and it was crazy. It was a wild experience because I was thrown into this environment with a bunch of theater kids. I'd never really done theater. So here I am in Hollywood, just turned 18, with a bunch of kids from theater who are freaking wild. <laughs> like, just the wildest things ever. Wow. Yeah. So it was... Interesting. Um, and I think I was still very shy and reserved. Like I didn't really know myself. So I don't think I did very well at school. I was also very intimidated because these, a lot of the kids came from musical theater. So they were very talented. I remember we had to do singing classes and I'd never sung in my life. And it was just like, why am I here? Just... It was very intimidating. And so I think I had a lot of reservations. And the way this school works is it's a two-year program with a third optional year. But for the second year, you have to be invited back to school. And I was not invited back for the second year. And it was devastating because here I was, 18, 19 years old. I had taken a huge risk. Go, studying something that I wasn't even sure if I was going to like, um, moving away from home. And now I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I didn't get into the school. What am I going to do now? I'm like, wait, yeah. I have a question. Um, do you think that was because you were not musically inclined? Um, not, not, not necessarily. I actually went through this huge process so I was really shocked when I didn't get in. I thought I had done fairly well on my finals. And I was like, okay, I, th I think I like should have a second chance at, you know, at this school. But when I didn't get in, I talked to one of my acting teachers. And she was like, you know, you should appeal. A lot of kids don't get in and they appeal and sometimes they get back in. So I appealed. And one of the reasons they gave me that I didn't get in was that I wasn't confident enough I had not shown enough confidence which is true like looking back at it is totally true at the same time then and even now looking back I'm like that's really a stupid reason to not let somebody into a school because you just killed it yeah you just killed it and like also don't you doesn't your confidence grow while you're training I don't know it was just strange so I don't think it was necessarily that I wasn't musically inclined. I think it was just, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence. And I think the teachers just like did not really believe in me and did not want to invest in me. 
which is okay. It actually ended up being the best thing that could happen to me. Right. Um, so yeah, I appealed, didn't get in. And then I actually, my parents were living in Austin at the time. I moved to Austin for six months and went to community college. I went to ACC for a semester because I was like, I don't know what to do now. Theater is not going to work out. Obviously, acting is not going to work out. Oh, my gosh. I'm being so dramatic, right? Um, so I'll just – I guess I'll just go to community college and transfer to a university. And for whatever reason, I could not get away from theater. I ended up taking a, a theater history class at ACC. And then I moved back to L.A., went to Los Angeles Community College, and was just – like taking regular classes and I ended up taking an advanced acting class. And one of the teachers in the advanced acting class was part of the theater program at Los Angeles City College. So I did not know at the time that LACC had a theater academy, which was a program, a three-year conservatory program for theater. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, you don't usually see that at community colleges. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was in this class, and the teacher, Dan Green, he's amazing. Um, after class one day, like, I'd just done a scene from The Glass Menagerie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just done a scene from that. And after class, Dan pulled me aside and said, you know, I think you should really audition for the theater academy here. I think you'd be a really good fit. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I'll think about it. I'm not really into it. And then one day I was walking on campus and I was walking behind the theater building. I did not know it was the theater building. And all of a sudden I hear my name being called. Kiara, Kiara. And I look around. I'm like, who's calling my name? I look over and I see this girl I had gone to the American Academy with. Her name was Constance. And I was like, hey, what are you doing here? She goes, yeah, I'm in the theater academy here. It's an amazing program. What are you doing? I told her I was going to school, like just taking classes. She was like, you should really audition for the theater academy here. It's really an incredible program. And I was like, okay, This is the second person that's told me to do this. So then I went home and I looked up the program and I was like, okay, I'll audition. And I went and auditioned and I got into the program. And that's when my love for theater really started going through this program. And this program was amazing because your first um, semester as a theater student you are required to work in the costume department. You're required to work in the scene department. Um, you're required to work backstage. So you you have to build costumes. You have to build sets. You have to work in every aspect of the theater. And so you get a holistic so training. Good. It's yeah. incredible. And I think when you can have that, you really start, your love for it starts to grow. And so that's when my love for theater really began. So I know I know part of what is happening with your faith, but can you share at that time? Yes. So at the time, 
I was not a Christian. I did not know the Lord. I didn't grow up as a Christian. Um, my fa- We're Italian. I'm Italian. We came to the U.S. when I was eight years old. My parents grew up going to church. Um, so, like, they grew up Catholic, but not because any their my grandparents believed or they believed it was just because that's what you do in Italy it's just you go through your first communion you do all the things um so we didn't grow up with any kind of religion religion was like never shunned in our family if we ever had any questions they were openly answered and it was completely fine um But yeah, I did not know the Lord while I was in theater school at all. And it's, I really didn't care. Like I was really indifferent to who Jesus was and who God was. Um, So I think what made me ask that is I was thinking, okay, so when the two people asked you Mm -hmm. to audition, my first thought was like, oh, it's a God thing, right? But you were not thinking that. You're just like, hey, I'm really good. Right. Like, these people want me to audition. Yeah, it's so funny you said that because as I'm retelling the story, looking back at it now as a Christian, yes, that was totally God orchestrating everything. And that's why not getting into that second year of the American Academy was a huge blessing. I would not have had the training I have, which is incredibly valuable for me. Right. Yeah, so I was... So I was in theater school. We did a lot of partying. Um, those, the kids at Los Angeles City College were even more wild than the kids <laughs> at the American Academy. Great. It was ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, after all those shows, there was cast parties. Mm-hmm. So, and it was a lot of drinking, mm-hmm. pot, mm-hmm. pills, all sorts of things. Um, so we were wild. And... One day, one of my friends, Jesse, I, I lived with my best friend, Raina, and Jesse used to hang out with us all the time. And one day, Jesse goes, hey, two of my friends from the Air Force are moving to Los Angeles. Let's all go out tonight. And we were like, okay, cool. So me, Raina, Jesse, Case and Jason, we all go out to this bar. And this is all going to tie together. One of these is your husband? One of these is my husband, yes. And it's all going to tie together. It's like crazy how everything ties together and God is just like Mm -hmm. ridiculous. It's amazing. So here we are. We all go to this bar. So Case, who is now my husband, we meet. And at the time, we hated each other. None of us are Christian, okay? Um... I was also dating somebody else. So anyway, we meet, and that was that. Case and Jason were not part of the theater program, but because Jesse was in the theater program, they ended up having the same friends as us because they were just at the parties all the time. One day, all of a sudden, and okay, Case, my husband now, was crazy, like wild, okay? These guys are, you know, coming from a military background. They were in the Air Force, so it's just like... My dad was in the Air Force. Okay, yeah, I know. so you know. <laughs> yes. they're, they're crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all of a sudden, one day, Case and Jason are hanging out, 
and they've completely changed. And here they are talking about Jesus. Like, yeah, they just like come hang out with us and they're, they start preaching the gospel to us. And we're like, who are you? Like, what are you talking about? Why are we talking about Jesus? Like, mm -hmm. who cares? Right. Blah, blah, blah. And anyway, they, my, my now husband, Case, he ended up getting saved and would just come hang out with all these theater kids and share about the gospel and love on us and care for us and all these things. What's the time span between hanging out and then all of a sudden? Uh, that's a good question. So what happened? Yeah, so I think we met in 2009 and then maybe like a year and year and a half, maybe two years later, they've completely changed their life around. And it's crazy because we see them from like going to crazy party people to all of a sudden being mm -hmm. like loving, kind, caring, mm -hmm. completely different. Not that they weren't loving and kind and caring before, but just in a different way mm -hmm. now. Um, so yeah, so it must have been like 2009 we met, maybe like 2011 is when they start talking about Jesus and then and I went and then I went through a really bad breakup and Case was just there for me not trying to get with me or anything like that he was just there for me as a friend and I remember feeling very unworthy and unlovable through this breakup. Um, and it's interesting because looking back, I kind of like hopped from relationship to relationship. And I think that's how I was defining my self-worth and defining myself. Mm -hmm. So if I wasn't in a relationship, I was not lovable and I was not worthy and I didn't know who I was. And so, but I was always the one breaking up with people and mm -hmm. now I had been broken up with and I was just heartbroken and I was in a really bad place just like a really dark place and I remember Case always saying to me there is someone who loves you and it sounds really corny saying it but he yeah, would, yeah. yeah he would always say to me there is someone who loves you and thinks you're worthy beyond anything you could ever imagine and that's Jesus and I would always be like, oh, thanks, you know, that's really sweet, but whatever. You know, like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and he would always invite me to church. Every Saturday night, without fail, he would invite me to church. And finally, one day, I was like, okay, I'll go to church with you. Fine. In the hopes that he would stop asking me about it because I was sick and tired of hearing about it. So here we are, we go to church, and I... All I remember from the sermon is the pastor saying, God heals the brokenhearted and the wounded in spirit. And I just broke down. Like something in me just like broke. And I started crying and I prayed at the end of the message. I'm not sure I knew what I was doing really. And after the message, Case was like, hey, we're all going out to lunch. Like, do you want to come with us? And I said, no, I need to go home and think about what just happened. Like something just happened and I need to go home and 
reflect on that. And then I started getting into apologetics because I was like, this can't just be an emotional response. Like there has to be a logical explanation to who Jesus is, what the gospel is, like what Jesus did for us, all of the things. There has to be a logical explanation in a way. So I really started getting into apologetics and that's how I came to know the Lord and who the Lord was like and what Jesus did for me and and that's how I got saved. And then maybe I'm trying to think. So that was maybe like 2012-ish. No, it must have been like, oh gosh, the timeline gets so mm -hmm. kind of cloudy. But it must have been like the end of 2011, beginning of 2012. And then I got baptized. I had already, I was baptized when I was born. My parents baptized me as a Catholic. But then after realizing who Jesus was and what he did for me and um, understanding the gospel, I was like, okay, I, I want to get baptized. Like now I understand my faith in Jesus and I know what this is and I want to give my life to the Lord. And I, so I got baptized. And that is amazing. That's just... Yeah. You could write a play on that. <laughs> I know. I know. That is such a good story. Especially, I think it's just, um, I, I honestly, like I said before we started, I was saying that the most of the audience currently is probably my students. <laughs> Hello. Um, <laughs> hi guys. But, but I think it's really good for them to hear, um, to hear that and to hear that you can, I don't, I don't want to hide that what theater is like. It doesn't help anyone to be like, no, no, like people aren't bad in theater, and it's not, it's not kind of seedy. It's fine, like it'll be fine because it's not, and it's and. But I, I do have some students who um, maybe choose not to pursue it, or maybe choose not to. Um, even audition for shows as like a side thing, mm. um, even when they've chosen a different avenue for college because of that. And I'm like, that is why God needs you. Like mm. he needs us to yes. be in this. Um, and you're not having to give up anything to be a Christian in theater, right. um, which kinds of, kind of leads me to um, the what we kind of talked about before we got started, which was a Christian actress or mm -hmm. being a, you know, a Christian actor or, um, yeah. Christian musician. Yes. Whatever, right? <laughs> um, so yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I think, um, I think it's all about conviction and how you're convicted. So I don't like to label myself as a Christian actress. I am an actress who happens to be a Christian. That's personally how I like to label myself. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a Christian actor. Absolutely nothing wrong. A lot of people specifically pursue Christian theater, Christian film, and that's amazing, and you need that. 
I just have not been convicted in that way. It's just, it's so interesting that like as Christians who are in the arts and specifically in theater, we kind of feel this like tension between the two. And maybe because like, I don't know why, because of Hollywood maybe and like what that, what Hollywood has kind of made acting out to be. I don't know. Um, well, so let me ask you one of the questions I asked my students, which I think is, is part of it. Would you, um, how you choose your work, I think, is the difference mm -hmm. between being a, not a Christian actress, but being an actress who is Christian mm -hmm. versus an actress who yes. is not Christian. What, what are you choosing? Are you turning down things? Like, are you picky about what you choose? That type of thing, I think, is the di differential. Yes. So I am picky about what I choose, and I do turn things down. Um, I try to incorporate prayer in the entire process, like reading through submissions, even before submitting if I, let's say there's a casting call and there are some things that in the casting call that I'm like, mm, I'm not so sure about this. Like, I don't know if I would feel comfortable with a subject matter or is this story going to be redemptive or is my husband going to feel comfortable with that? Because obviously now I'm married. So that also changes my perspective about how I look at work. Um, and so if I come across a casting call where I feel uncertain, I'm going to pray about it before even submitting. If I end up submitting to that and I end up getting in an audition, I'm going to pray about it before auditioning. If I audition and then I get cast and maybe this, I get the script and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know, I'm going to pray about it. And if the script is um, something that I don't feel comfortable doing or the subject matter isn't... Uh, I guess like something I'm not comfortable with or just something that is not redemptive or is not going in the way that I would like my career to move, then I'm going to turn it down. It sucks turning things down, but at the end of the day, it's your life and it's your career. So you have to direct it. You can't have other people directing it, you know? And I think you have to be you have to honor the convictions that God gives you and um, like you, ha you have to, and your, your morals for lack of a better word, you know? So yes, I turn work down and, and you don't have to be mean about it. You know, you be, you're nice about it. You're just, Hey, thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, you know, after reading the script or after thinking about this more, I, I just don't feel comfortable with the subject matter, but I appreciate you so much for giving me this opportunity. I'm going to have to say no. Thank you so much. And I hope this project is incredible for you. There's no stigma. So, you know, in especially Austin, like theater world, I feel like that if you turn something down, like it could spread, um, you know, like this person turns down projects after they've been cast. But I'm wondering, is there not any sort of bad vibes from turning something down, you know, like that? Like it could spread to other people? Right. 
Um, there probably are, but I don't care. Yeah, because yeah, I just don't care. And I mean, probably I would probably not like wait until I'm cast and then be like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I would probably ask for the script before they've made a decision of casting me. So I would say, hey, is there any way I can get the script to read it ahead of time so I know what I'm getting myself into? I don't want to get your hopes up and let you down or anything like that. So it would probably saying no would be before your cast, ideally. But even if it happens after your cast, you know what? I don't really care because it's my life it's my relationship with the Lord that my relationship with God and my husband are priority mm-hmm. for me in my work. So at the end of the day, those are the most important things. My relationship with God, my husband, and my family. So if if my work um, gets in the way of that or ha- or can possibly like ruin that, then that's a really big problem for me personally. Mm-hmm. And if I'm never going to work again as an yeah. artist, then, oh, well, God has better plans for me. You know? I don't know. So one more thing I wanted to touch on, only because I found this really interesting. So you were totally skipping skipping back to now. Um, so one of the things that you mentioned was that currently you're doing website and social media um, along with auditioning. So we actually, um, the college advisor for our school and I just did a session about um, careers in the arts mm. and, and um, how there's a lot, of, a lot of new majors coming out and, and all sorts of stuff. And a lot of it is there's stuff that's based on social media and stuff. Do you find that because you are a, even though you're a performance artist that, or that's what you started out as, that that does lend you to be um, great at being a creative online um, and working through some of that. Because that's something that I have found. I don't – I couldn't create an art piece from scratch. Like, I am not an artist artist. Um, But I can tell you, like, A or B. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I can – there, there's a tendency to like be design minded, I guess. And so I'm just wondering what the link is there and um, just trying to, you know, obviously get it out that, that students can, you can find jobs that correlate or go together with your acting career. That's a really good question. Um, I think more than anything, I'm really organized. And I think that's why like social media directing and email marketing works well with me. I wouldn't necessarily say that like I'm the greatest at creating content, um, but I'm organized and I have learned a lot as I've worked in this field. And I'm lucky enough to work with that my boss is also my acting teacher from Los Angeles and like an incredible friend and an artist himself. So I think that makes a difference as well. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like super creative either. I'm just organized. And so I think you got to find the things that you're good at and go from there. 
and like find a job that works with that. And a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, like, this might be a little bit off topic, but write your own shows, direct, like do it all, produce, do everything. But that's not for everybody. So I would say just find your strength and go with that. And if you're in the performing arts field and you're just out of college, internships. Get into an internship with a production company, a casting company, um, I don't know, a theater. Maybe they've got internships. You can learn a lot of stuff through that. And then maybe you can get a job in that company, in that avenue, you know, and still pursue acting. Or don't do anything creative, like uh, related to creative arts. Like you can be an, a performing artist and have a totally regular job, side job, and make it work. That's part of the artist's life, right? Mm -hmm. That like you are, you know, spending nights doing gigs, you know, whatever, rehearsing, writing things, but then during the day you've got this job that like you kind of hate, or maybe you don't, but, eat, but know that whatever your job is, it is investing in your performing arts career because the money you make at your quote-unquote day job is money you use towards your performing arts career. So it's all related. You can't compartmentalize your life. Something that my acting coach in LA, Ben Mathis, shout out, yeah. <laughs> says is the best way to be an incredible artist is to live an incredible life. Everything is connected, right? You can't, because being an artist is representing life, you know, portraying life. And so you have to know how to live life if you want to be able to portray it. Discipline in, in, in the performing arts field, discipline is like the number one thing. You need to be disciplined because you're not going to have anybody guiding your career, at least not at the beginning. You know, maybe you'll get a manager at one point in your career, but even then, you need to be disciplined. You don't have someone who's like next to you 24-7 like, hey, did you read your script today? Did you work on your lines? Did you submit for that? No. So your, your discipline and your reputation, which is defined by your discipline, is almost more important than your talent in the performing arts. Because you could be the most talented person, but if you don't show up on set, if you don't know your lines, if you don't show up to rehearsal, if you are a jerk to everybody, no one's gonna wanna work with you. But maybe if you're less talented and you are on top of your things, you know your lines perfectly, you're kind to people, you're always early to rehearsal, which by the way, is being on time, mm -hmm. people will, continue, will want to work with you. So it's huge. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you. That was oh, that was jam packed. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And um, we are going to stop right here. Uh, I hope that was helpful. I was very encouraged. It was really awesome to hear your story. And so anyway, we will see y'all later. <laughs>